Jungle Punt Podcast 21 after a few hiccups with a an update of our software, which almost brought it all undone. <laughs> Mrs. Mungrel was sweating across from me. It was a bit of panic. Just a touch. She wasn't looking too confident there, but amazingly, guys, you're going to be impressed with this. Turn it off. Turn it back on again. <laughs> Lo and behold, <laughs> the podcast is live again. That old trick works once again. I'm joined as always by the lovely Mrs. Mungrel. Queen of compiling stats, but we're not talking about any food this week. I didn't bake anything for you. Yeah, well, it's funny how you go on a diet and all of a sudden the good food stops for me. So, no scones, no cupcakes, no pastries, nothing this week. I'm wasting away to like 97 kilos now. (laughs) Look at how sad you look. Uh, Yes, that's good for the audio medium. Yeah. (laughs) Take it from me. It looks very sad. I've been pretty sad about the food situation. I've had a lot of uh, cereal. Oh I've my been, God, you have. I've been bacheloring it up. I'm not going to complain about that. Cereal for breakfast, no, cereal for lunch. No, just in case you complain too much and I make you eat a bunch of lentils. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I don't want to entertain that thought at all. Very, very tough subject in our house at the moment, food. Our daughter's actually eating relatively well compared to me. So um, I'm getting fatter, guys. <laughs> let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. So Mrs. Mungrel, we've just come off 20 straight days of football which you have loved every second of i believe you've done all the bedtimes with our daughter this has been an unholy nightmare you've done early mornings after i write reviews you're like i'll get up with her that's how chippy you are i'll get up with her <laughs> no she doesn't she says shush be quiet go back to sleep <laughs> it just doesn't work that way i'm sorry i said no we have to go back to sleep for a little while it's not it's not up time yet <laughs> and i reckon during this time nice segue mr uh, mongrel there the the members of the Mungrel Punt have got a really good deal. Every night we've had a game review going up early. It's been uh, unlocked the next day, of course, because we're good like that. But people have had early access to stuff. We've had the majority of our, our member-only articles go up in a pretty timely fashion. I think it's been pretty good. Well, look, it hasn't been perfect. Uh, there's been a, a member of this household has been very tired and very grumpy. And there's also been me. So... <laughs> It, it hasn't hasn't been smooth sailing. We now have three days with no games. Three full days. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I believe we're going to watch Lord of the Rings. Oh, we did say that. Or is that. that next week? Oh, look, we can split it. We can split it. We probably have to because we get pretty tired yeah. pretty early. So, yeah, well, that'll be good. Benefits of membership, though. Early access to the Good, Bad, Ugly reviews, which I've been changing up a bit over the last week because... Yeah, when you're doing 20 games in 20 days, you probably want to have a bit of variation. So, a little bit different, but mostly the same. Um, (laughs) A couple of members-only articles in there as well, which always are a joy to produce for the guys who who support us. Very happy with the way we're traveling in that regard. Good. It is pretty good. There's a big big issue on the weekend. What? Not with you and me. (laughs) Unless I'm not aware of something. (laughs) Uh, there was a kick after the siren to win the game in the Collingwood and Fremantle game. And there's a lot of conjecture about the circumstances circumstances <laughs> surrounding it. <laughs> Bit of football terminology yeah, for me. Yeah, it is. It's a technical term, circumstances. <laughs> and there was a, a kick after the siren to win it, but it came on the end of a very dubious downfield free kick. Now, you know what I mean when I say downfield free kick? Like downwind. Yep. Yep. The guy smelled and the umpire went like, nah, I'm not having any of that. Get away downwind, from me. Downwind free kick against you. There stinky. You <laughs> stinky Brayshaw. <laughs> I know exactly what's going on. So what happened was uh, the Fremantle guy, Matt Taberner, he got pinged for deliberate. So he knocked the ball out of bounds deliberately. And that call was definitely there. The Carlton captain, Sam Doherty, took the free kick, played on really quick because he realized time was ticking down and banged the kick inside 50. It was a shocking kick. It went out of bounds on the full. So everybody was starting to set up for a free kick to Fremantle, which would have iced the game. However, the umpire said that in the process of trying to smother the kick, that's one of your favourite things, the smother. Smothering people? Yeah, Love well, it. there's a few I, I, I wouldn't mind smothering. <laughs> uh, people asking me dumb questions is a couple of them. Um, and they're not people that listen to this podcast. They're more people I know in you know general life. <laughs> <laughs> expecting to be smothered tonight. So Andrew Brayshaw, who's had a fantastic... <laughs> let's not rule anything out. Who's had a fantastic year to this point, tried to smother the kick, and in the process, 
made contact with Doherty and knocked him on his backside. Uh, happens multiple times per game. Uh, I heard people say, well, that, that should have been there because it was front-on contact. Front-on contact is something that's played often in a marking contest. This wasn't a marking contest. This was a guy kicking the ball and a guy putting pressure on him. Front-on contact just sounds like one guy just ran up and like smothered the other guy in a bear hug. <laughs> no, he had clothes on. <laughs> She had frontal contact with him. Not anymore, he didn't. Probably better than turning around and having back contact with him. (laughs) The places you go. So the free kick was given downfield. Now the funny thing is, is when the ball went out of bounds, it was at the 50 metre line. Very, very tough kick. So the Carlton guy stood on the mark just inside the 50 metre line. So about 49 metres out. However, when the free kick was reversed, magically, the mark moved about 6 or 7 metres closer to the Carlton goal. So I, I don't really know how that happened. And then you have the situation where the guy closest to the to where the infringement was was supposed to take the free kick. And he just kind of meandered off to the side and allowed a bigger, stronger guy to take the kick who then wasted zero time. Oh, you hear this little comical uh, back and forth with the cameraman who was sitting in the way. So he's on the boundary line trying to get, get on, onto his line to kick the ball. And the bloody cameraman is just sitting there with his chair, won't won't move, won't move his equipment. The guy's like, oh, you, got, you got to do this. So he starts moving it for him. Then just goes back and as casual as you like, just takes about seven steps and goes bang and kicks the goal and wins the game for Carlton. They basically jump all over each other, ignoring every social distancing rule in the book, but for pretty good reason, uh, because they're all in love. <laughs> 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 Isn't that one of the reasons you're allowed to visit someone in Victoria if you're in love? If you're very excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently the Sydney boy uh, got his girlfriend <laughs> into the into the hub because he was pretty excited. Yeah. Well, that's a different state, isn't it? You know, he's a young fella. He's sowing his wild oat. <laughs> not not many of them, just one oat. Oh. Because you know, well, you know, he's got a lot of pent up stuff. <laughs> no, no, we're being silly. They're in love. It must be love, true love. These two, together forever, you can guarantee it, right? Wow. Yeah, because that, that often happens to, you know, your 19-year-old, 20-year-olds. They, they just find the person, especially AFL footballers, they find the person they they love immediately and they just stick with them and they're very true to them and nothing untoward ever happens. I think I knew it was love with you when I found out we read the same book about some dark elf and it was just the weirdest thing ever that I thought nobody would have ever read and I was like, oh, Man, this guy's an absolute wacko. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at that point I didn't mind you either. <laughs> I was alright. It was Drizzt the word, and by the yeah. way, I always liked the bad guy in those books. But anyway, so what does this mean for Frio? Right, so Frio were looking alright. I think they won three of their past four games at this point. They they had the lead all day, and this would have kept them well in touch with with the finals. This uh, succession of decisions. Correct or incorrect, I think the, the, the deliberate out-of-bounds was definitely there. Everything after that, to me, looked looked like it was just done on the fly. And it's cost them probably a chance at the finals. It keeps a sliver of hope alive for the Blues. They're, um, they're a middle-of-the-table team. And if they get better, great. If they don't, well, you kind of look at them and think that's about where they should be at. I'm not really sure they'd make any noise if they got into the finals. I think they'd be sitting in eighth and out in the first week. But, you know, strange season, strange things happen, strange things happen. And if they uh, make a bit of a run, that's the moment that things turned around for them. What did you think? Good decision? Bad decision? Multiple decisions? I didn't watch it. I'm going to say it was all bad. Yes, I agree with you. That's why I have you on here. Carlton won? They did. All right. You're not happy about that, are you? No, I think I am. Did you tip them? I've got no idea who I tipped. But doesn't my... um... My buddy Roa. She barracks for Carlton. She barracks for Carlton. There you go. She does. She was very angry the week before, wasn't she? Yeah, she was talking to you. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, speaking of footy tipping, just as an aside, uh, we've had quite a bit of angst in the, the Mungrel household over the last couple of weeks where Mrs. Mungrel has uh, decided to go out on a bit of a limb when she's tipping. And how often does that work, guys? Never works. Never works. Never works. This is terrible. And all of a sudden, she finds herself, I think, three 
three behind the old Mr. Mungrel in the in the tipping stakes. Yet I'm still above a couple of your riders. How embarrassing for yeah. them. Look, what you've said about my riders oh my will remain private. Oh my god. There's a lot of swearing <laughs> and quite a few names that you've called them recently. <laughs> However, them losing to you in the footy tips actually endears them to you greatly. Oh, I like them much better. Yeah, you feel like you're in the same boat. I don't like you much right now, though, because yeah, you're I'll, beating me. I'll take that. I'll, I'll... I didn't know that I was so aggressive when it comes to competition, but it turns out I am a psychopath. Like, I just... I'm not tipping again. This is it. I'm sleeping with one eye open for the rest of the season. Smother you. And uh, <laughs> I'm making sure I keep my phone close to me so I can actually log in and get my tips in, because when I forgot to put tips in a couple of weeks ago... You were just incredibly satisfied with that. I, never, I was going to say I haven't seen you that satisfied in a while. Self-burn. Yeah, but uh, we'll just edit that bit out later. So there's a, bit, a lot of questions at the moment about where the grand final will be played. Now, Queensland is one option. And the other options, options I say, would be South Australia or Western Australia. Now, Mark McGowan, he's the Premier of WA... Nice name. I knew someone called Monica McGowan once and she used to give me free tickets to the uh, Mattel toy sale. That was good. <laughs> Thanks, Monica, if you're listening. Um, send a few more. I don't know if she still works there. But anyway, M- Monica McGowan's brother, Mark, he is the, 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 the premier of WA. And he's announced today that WA will be assessing or reassessing their uh, stage, stage five. five restrictions or level five, whatever they call it, on October 24th. Now, that happens to be one of the dates that the AFL have flagged as a possible date for the grand final this year. So what they're basically saying in a roundabout way is, we've got a 60,000-seat stadium here. It's state-of-the-art. It's the newest stadium in the AFL or in Australia. Really good-looking venue. How about uh, throwing your grand final over here to Western Australia? The AFL ideally would love it at the MCG, even though we're, we're not going to have any crowds in Melbourne. We're the friggin' basket case. How <laughs> many? pretty fair. How many COVID cases today? I don't know. 200 and something. 200 and something. And people going, great job. Well done, Victoria. Only 200 and something. I'm like, yeah, still 200 and something idiots getting COVID. Just wait till we drop restrictions and then it'll balloon out to a ridiculous number. That's when I'm going to catch it. (laughs) Just to show Daniel Andrews, now I'm going to get it, Daniel. Shouldn't have dropped restrictions. Can't do a thing right, that bloke. (laughs) So where where does it deserve to be played? Queensland kind of stepped in and saved the season by housing, oh, geez, probably a dozen teams up in... Up in the Gold Coast, Brisbane, up towards Noosa, I think they stayed as well. Do they have a stadium? They do, Good I think. One. Yeah, look, that's the, that's the thing. They have the Gabba, which is their their main stadium in Brisbane. They've got Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast, but that's that holds like 20,000. I'm not sure the capacity of the Gabba, but I think it might be th- high 30s, maybe 40s at a stretch. Get the premiers to do like a, a kickoff. What? Like, <laughs> one who gets uh, a goal first from from 20 metres. Oh, gosh. That would rule a few players out. Um, so you're thinking that the two competing teams would then have a kickoff. No, the Premiers. Oh, Stuff I think... Stuff the meant... teams. Get, <laughs> get old uh, Monica's brother. Monica's brother, Mark. The, the Queensland um, woman. Yes. Woman. <laughs> well done. You want to hope she is. <laughs> I think it's... I want to say Nicole, but I think that's wrong. Let's just call her Nicole. All right. All right. So we'll get Nicole Monica and, and Nicole. <laughs> and we'll get them to have a kickoff for who gets the grand final. This is open to sabotage, I think. This is this could be really rorted. And we're talking about state governments here. So, you know, rorts and state government say, like, that's go fine. hand in hand. And it's only a rort if you're not involved. You know that, right? Otherwise, it's called a benefit. So that, that's the way that works. It goes, business, scam, rot, <laughs> government. That's a tiered system, right? Actually, sorry, it goes government, then rot at the top. And that's what they're all aspiring for. I want to be part of a rot because that's just basically called government. Anyway, I'll move on. Just lay out your feelings there. I will. 
Look, I don't I, know who should have it. I'd it like, seems I'd like, like Queensland to have a crack. Would you? I'd like I would. West Coast. Yeah, I'd West like Australia. Them. I'd like them to. But in terms of... The AFL have been pushing a, for a while to have a Twilight slash Night Grand Final. They've re- really wanted that for a little while. There's Why? been people who... Well, ratings for starters, international audience for another reason so there's a there are valid reasons why if you have it in western australia you can start it at you know 4 30 p.m and by the time you know you reach half time it's well you can start it at five it's like 6 30 it's dusk the celebrations and stuff they can have fireworks because that really impresses a lot of people yeah it impresses me yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of yeah the the abilities to have a good halftime show at it's more atmospheric as well. I see I see the benefits of having it in Perth. And if I was in charge, I would definitely leave the door open to have it in Perth. However, I kind of feel for Brisbane. They've put the hard yards in to, to save the season. And in a way, I want to see them rewarded. But if they win the flag in Perth, they'll be rewarded enough, right? Perth's better, so... Oh, take that, you Queensland scum. <laughs> She likes the West Australian scum much better. <laughs> no, big fan of Western Australia, aren't you? Well, I've never been there. That's and probably it looks why. Nice. Uh, yeah, pretty keen on on going on holiday when COVID lifts. Yep. So those people, once COVID lifts, who maybe listen to the Mungrel Pump once in a while, if you want to, if you have any uh, cheap deals in Western Australia, by all means, flick us an email or a message. Or New Zealand? Are they pretty much the same distance? New Zealand and Western Australia. From us. Look, I don't know. I'll just get out my <laughs> protractor Why and compass. Why don't you know and... this off the top of your head? It's like when you ask me players' ages off the top of my head, and I'm like, look, I don't know what's going on here. Speaking of which, how old is Dane Rampey? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. Did you know? No. No, I don't know either. But anyway, he's been playing with a broken hand. <laughs> and on the weekend, he actually re-broke it and is now going to miss the rest of the season. See, this is what I want to know is... How long does a hand take to recover? Well, it depends. If someone keeps, like, jumping on it and, you know, you have to punch the footy with it all the time. See, he didn't miss any time. He broke his hand, right? He played against Hawthorne almost one-handed. He was cradling his arm for long periods of the game and using his other hand to to punch the ball away and spoil it. Is he a ruckman? No, he's a defender. He's a fullback. I don't know what that means. So right at the last line of defence. Right, he's not like he's oh. not not like a back right flank, which like that's a cut of meat. Yep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I'm um, looking forward to your other positions. Here. Mm. You're going to talk about a bit later, football positions. And uh, so he's been he played against Hawthorne a few weeks ago, broke his hand and was playing with a glove on his hand. He he was just cradling it like he was in a lot of pain. He hasn't missed a beat, and then on the weekend, played really really well again. And rebroke the same hand, so now he's out for the season, which is you know given where the Swans are at, it's not the greatest loss in the world. They'll just you know struggle on. I had him. We're submitting our all Australian teams, our rolling all Australian teams. You didn't get to do one, which you know maybe a bit of a bone of contention after this podcast finishes. Apologies <laughs> in advance, uh, but all the writers have submitted their all Australian teams, and I had him in mine. Uh, so. You know, it's a bit of a bit of pill to swallow because now my all Australian team is going to look like crap because he's out for the season. But I think he deserves to be recognised for what he's contributed so far. The AFL Players Association has a most courageous award. They hand that every year. It's um, something that Puppy Dog Selwood, Puppy Dog Eyes Selwood's won a few times. Glenn Archer, I think, played for North Melbourne and he won it six times. And I reckon that Dane Rampey will probably pick that up this year which will be a really good reward for you know gutting it out with a broken hand fine line between bravery and stupidity isn't there it's nuts absolutely nuts so tom lynch one of your favorites i hate him cheese he, stick he really he looks get like, out of here mrs mongrel believes he does look like a cheese stick and she showed me a picture was that like a cheese stick Logo? Yeah, I was looking up cheese stick mascots for a little bit. <laughs> and said, this is what he looks like, and showed me. It was pretty accurate. If you Google cheese stick mascot, you almost find, like, a Tom Lynch's long-lost brother. It was, uh, it was quite uncanny. So he's been given two fines this week for 
punching being a people. Dick, yeah. Well, the, my question here is: Is Tom Lynch a dirty prick? <laughs> and um, you know, one of the incidents I didn't see the one, what the one with Jared Witts. I, I don't recall what that was, but the one where he he punched Sam Collins in the guts, then made a lead. And I don't know if you've ever been punching the guts, Mrs. Mungrel, but you have a couple of seconds there where you're thinking, oh my God, I think I'm going to be wind... Oh my God, I am winded. So he punched Sam Collins in the guts and took off. And Collins went to run after him, took about four steps and then just fell to his knees and was gasping for breath. I felt for Sam Collins because it's a pretty dirty tactic. You've seen that sort of stuff in the league at times where... People have given someone a short, sharp one in the ribs. It's usually at stoppages around the ground. This one was used to create a goal. And it was a pretty important one in the context of the game too because, look, it was a, a goal and a bit the difference and this put them a couple of goals up and was put the game out of reach. Gold Coast couldn't get back and win from there. He just looked like he had some angry pills. Every time Tom Lynch gets in a shoving match with somebody, he reminds me of like, you know when you see two young buck deers like basically babies who are kind of nudging antlers at each other horns mm. antlers deer um, antlers yeah bones <laughs> bones head sticks head and sticks just, them. <laughs> technical term just again colliding just getting angry and colliding it was but not just, really doing any damage it was just bluster and stupidity and he is such a little baby it actually reminded me of um the film bambi too and now every time I see Tom Lynch, I think cheese stick, and I think, oh, little Bambi. So we've actually been watching Bambi in our house yeah. lately. <laughs> uh, one of my other daughters was quite critical of Bambi, but our youngest daughter, yeah, she she does like it. So uh, at one point, Bambi has a bit of a headbutting contest with another deer. Is that yeah. what you're thinking about? He's still a baby, you're right. He is. The thing is... Because he acts like a stupid baby. A lot of this bravado in AFL is is just such bullshit. Because it's the safest place you're going to... Like, in terms of getting punched, you're never going to get punched in the face playing AFL. It happened, I think... Not true. (laughs) Didn't Gaff punch somebody? Yeah, well, uh, look. (laughs) He should have punched Lynch. (laughs) He should should have saved it up. (laughs) It happened, uh, I think, 2013 as well, was a bloke for Fremantle called Hayden Ballantyne. And Matthew Scarlett just levelled him with with a quick jab right in the chin. And... He just had enough of his shit. And I wouldn't have blamed Sam Collins for dropping Lynch yesterday. After the game, I didn't show you this footage, but Collins has walked into the change rooms and he was fuming. He just punched one of the pillars like it was padded. Otherwise he would have broke his hand. Oh, jeez. And just stalked up and up and back, up and down the the um, hallway there because he was just so fucking ropeable that Lynch had got away with this. I watched for a little while after the game to see if he went and made an attempt to shake Lynch's hand, but he seemed to walk off in the other way. So he shook hands with all the other players, but I'm not sure he shook hands with Lynch. I get the impression he thought it was cheap and nasty. Because it was cheap and nasty. Yeah, it came across as cheap and nasty, didn't it? So, I mean, my, my reaction to that is that Lynch has got two fines for being a dirty prick in the same game. He probably should have got a week. They probably should have said, you know what? You've done it twice in the same game. You've acted like an absolute dick most of the game. Here's a week. Go and sit home and think about it, son. Yeah, go and butt antlers at home and like, polish them up or your head sticks or whatever. <laughs> Didn't Jack Rewalt, what did you say? Kicked people? No, he's got this He's got this uh, little hitch that he's marking at the moment where he jumps and he uses his foot to kick people out of the way. So within the letter of the law, that's actually legal. Right? They brought this rule in to stop Toby Green from being Toby Green, basically, which is sticking your foot out and using it as a protector to take the mark. So he kicks someone in the face at one point, and then he kicks someone in the guts at another. <laughs> and they brought this rule in saying you can't go st- studs up. Right? So that, that ruled me out. <laughs> Quality stuff from me. I just anyway. want to say that I play the dutiful wife every time we have to do any kind of building works in the house and I always make sure the stud finder somehow turns to you and starts to beep. Yes. I know and my I, place. And if you don't do it, I do it to myself. <laughs> so the other thing to come out of this is Sam Collins, he, his reaction has kind of 
had people looking at him going like, that's the sort of player I want in my team. Someone who actually gives a shit and really cares about what happens out there. And I want to move into this topic because a little bit close to my heart. It involves the Hawthorne Football Club. Before before you do, yes, I want to say that Rewalt thing. Oh yes, yes. Uh, isn't he Richmond as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, so Richmond are just behaving like a bunch of dirty scrunches. Sorry, I should probably finish on that as well. Like what Rewalt's doing isn't illegal. He's using his foot to basically push people out and then take marks or contest for marks. But the fact of the matter is, he's actually using the bottom of his foot to do it. Isn't that what Toby Green was doing? Yeah, but what happened is after this happened, after this occurred and the AFL instituted this rule, Revolt was pinged for it twice in the same game last year. And he was there and he was, you know, doing his sad face, you know, the pouty kind of, oh, I can't believe this has happened to me, you're kidding kind of face. So he was pulled up for it twice. And then there was all this furor about, oh, we've gone too far with it. We're, We're stopping people from flying for marks. He's the only guy that's actually still doing it. Do you realise Richmond have two massive sookie bobbers? Just saying. Well, when things don't go his way, Dusty's a bit of a sookie bubba oh, as no, well. Really? But, yeah, but things tend to go his way more often than not, so he'd very rarely see it. He doesn't sook, he more just tends to get a little bit angry and violent. But, um, yeah, well, he can. He's Dusty. He's allowed to do that sort of stuff. My he turns 30 a, soon. My mum's a diehard Richmond supporter. So I think the next time she's here, if COVID ever leaves, <laughs> the next time she's here, I might just mention something about the sookiness of her team and really oh, just yeah. poke the bear. Because, you know, they'll have you two getting along famously. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if this sort of thing with Revolt continues, it may need to be looked at because eventually the, the rule is that if you use your boot like that in a way that may cause injury, then it needs to be looked at. And whilst he's just kind of pushing people out with his foot now, the last one I showed you where he actually got cleaned up himself, he really kicked out at that and just missed the guy. Yeah, and then he got annoyed about it. No, he was bleeding from every orifice in his face afterwards. (laughs) He didn't have a good time of it and he was pretty angry, but he's not doing the right thing either. I think that's called karma, that last bit. So now I'll jump back to the Hawks. (sighs) The Hawks. Oh, God. So just as an aside, James Sicily has done his ACL. He's out for 12 months, which means he not only misses the end of this season, but given the time that he's done it, he probably misses almost the entirety of 2021 as well. So this has been a massive wasted season for that bloke, and now he misses out on the entire next season as well. And Jager Romero has come out that he's broken his hand as well, which is quite amazing because it seemed to me he was the only person against the Eagles that was able to stick a tackle. So everyone else was letting them go. And he's the only person with a broken hand that was able to actually grab them and drag them down. And I'm like, well, he's doing it one-handed. So he's now out too. So the Hawks kind of made their name over the last mm, 10 to 15 years as being the unsociable Hawks, right? So wouldn't help people up off the ground, would you know revel in the dirty work, run into people, knock a few over. And then we had the team that played West Coast on the weekend. And it was led by a bloke called Ben Stratton, who played on Liam Ryan, who's the, the little indigenous guy who took those big pack marks that I showed you. Yep. Basically gave him a bit of a bath. And then they switched to a shot of the two after Liam Ryan had taken one of those marks and kicked a goal. And there's the Hawthorne captain having a chat and a laugh with him in the goal square. And as a Hawthorne supporter and a paid-up member, may I add, I didn't like seeing my captain down there having a good old laugh with the guy that was basically kicking his ass. So I don't think we're ever going to win that game. And yeah, I get the whole, oh, they're they're really sacrificing and they're in hubs and they're all that sort of thing. But there's an attitude that goes with winning teams. And it's not sitting there and being all pally with people when they're beating the crap out of you. And Ben Stratton was getting his ass handed to him by Liam Ryan. And for that matter, James Frawley was getting beat by Josh Kennedy as well. But they were both cracking jokes and they were both all smiles. And I'm like, what the hell do you have to be happy about right now? Your team's losing again. We're not looking good for the next however long. And you guys are just 
you know, laughing it up with your opponents. And I'm sure the West Coast players were like, yeah, this is great. We're having a good time. What the hell are you laughing about? <laughs> what's, what's funny for you guys? I'm looking at Hawthorne. They've got a few kids coming through with promise. They've got Scrimshaw off the halfback line, who they pinched from, look, I want to say Gold Coast or GWS was one of them. They got Will Day, who looks like a gem, and he was drafted just this last offseason. They have Mitch Lewis, who will come through and be a key forward eventually. Outside that, I'm not really convinced. They have Warple, who's really, really good in the middle, and he's already an established player. I heard someone saying that the way the Hawks are playing smacks of a rebuild at the moment, and that could be true. However, that wasn't what this season was supposed to be for them. Hawthorne were building for a tilt at the flag. They were topping up over the last couple of years. They brought in Patton. They traded away Ryan Burton for Chad Wingard, and that was a win-now kind of move. They've kept Bergen on the list. They've traded for Tom Scully. They were really topping up for a tilt at the flag. And it looks like they're going to end up, you know, top, uh, bottom four, maybe bottom six if they're lucky. And things aren't looking real good there. I'm not, I'm not real sure how they're going to go over the next two or three years, but I think it might get really, really ugly. And I'm not happy about it at all. I mean, we could always, we could always start supporting St Kilda. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Temporarily. You know where Oh my god, you is. look like you're gonna kill me. <laughs> I was gonna add that our daughter, you know, she's also a paid up member and she, she has her little uh, Hawks cape that she wears around. Yep. Calls herself Captain Hawks. That might be one of the superheroes the other superheroes laugh at. You know, in a couple of years' time. She'll be running around going, I'm Captain Hawks. Now the kids will become <clears throat> Captain Hawks, what a crap. That yeah, daughter's crap. a vicious wild animal. I hope she impales someone if they give a shit about that. <laughs> she will not tolerate any crap. Anyway, very, very worried about the Hawks. Uh, the Saints are an option, you reckon? Oh, look, temporarily? Mm, well, I won't be sad if they Maybe you can jump on them well. for a little while and then jump back when we get better. I'd let you do that. Well, because I'm fickle, and I'll do it anyway. Don't tell your husband that you're fickle. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a minute. Oh, sure, you're just... Going down the shops again, are you? <laughs> anyway. So, Mrs. Mungrel, this is your time to shine. We have your rolling all-star team, which has been uh, one of the highlights of this podcast recently. My knee just cracked yet again. It's making a habit out of that during the podcast. Your knee cracking? Oh, yeah. It sounded like a gunshot last time. It was not a gunshot. It just sounded really like a knee loudly cracking. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> well, I'm I'm starting to struggle with my um, all-star selections because I'm running out of players that I know. That was bound to happen. But I've come up with two this week that I really like. Now the first one is Charlie Dixon. Charlie Dixon. Yeah, I've taken a I've taken a liking to him. Because he's, oh, he's just real tall. It looks like, <laughs> and I think he shoved someone and gave someone else a bit of a look, and I was like, oh. That's pretty serious business. It doesn't take much, people. <laughs> so he's got in on pushing someone and being tall. Yeah. Wow. Guys, you know, if you really want to impress Mrs. Mungrel, get a pair of stilts <laughs> and just kind of lean up, lean up against people Shove and knock people them over. over. And the other one is my all favourite, Caleb Daniel. Caleb makes it, finally. Yeah. He wears a helmet and he's... Yeah, that's about it, isn't it, really? Well, he's a little bit taller than me. He's diminutive. So he's a diminutive little fella. Are you sure you haven't added him already? No. You're not sure? No, not sure. Okay, so there could be two Caleb Daniels running around in this team, <laughs> for all we know, because he's been a favourite of yours for a while. Yeah. So I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get him in. I'm actually not going to look back at the rest of the team. It's probably a good idea. We're just going to go with it. However... Next week, you told me you didn't have any positions. I do. Oh, you do? I do, I have two. Have two you done some years. research while I was putting our daughter to bed? No, I actually had already listed them and forgot look, about them. Look, All right. A bent over backstop. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. This sounds like an interesting <laughs> scenario. What, what role does this person play? What's a backstop? Look, you're telling the story. <laughs> I've got no idea. Is that like a bent over butt plug? Or is that something <laughs> different? Look, I don't know. I don't know what positions you come up with. 
Actually, I do. <laughs> but not in this regard. We're trying to lose our explicit rating. Um, Didn't swear <clears throat> once in that exchange. Now, oh, the other one is a small blind pocket. Small blind pocket. Is that a thing? It am is I, now. Am I starting to mix my sports up? I don't know. You, I think you're starting to mix up like a disability with <laughs> football at the moment. A small blind pocket. Yeah. Is there a small pocket? There's a forward pocket. Forward pocket? Yeah. there's a small forward. Who usually plays in the forward pocket. And when they turn without looking, they're turning... Blindly. Blindly. See? Small blind pocket. There you go. I like it. So, people, if you know anyone that plays in the small blind pocket, (laughs) by all means, send us your all small blind pocket team and we'll have a quick run through them. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, considering I don't watch sports... And I don't know about football, and I don't actually care about sports. In that case, you're doing remarkably well. I am, aren't I? And that leads us to our next segment, where we're going to pick who we believe would be the best and fairest for each club before we sign off. Because I'm going to nail this. Get ready. I actually had to go onto the internet to find a list of all the teams. Yes, you've done your research. <laughs> so, I had a really hard time. She's a librarian. She knows how to research team names yeah, on the internet. It's called Google. Google. Wow. Who'd have thunk it, really? I'm still using the Dewey Decimal System. Oh. I saw that in a movie once. So lame and old school. Yeah. Give me give me a card, like a... Card catalogue? Card catalogue, and I'll, I'll just rummage through it. Don't touch it. <laughs> just... You know, I have to admit, when I was in primary school, I used to take some of the cards and put them in the wrong spots. Oh, I hate that. Why would you do that to me? Just to get that sort of reaction. I knew one day I'd have a librarian in the house. I'm like, i got to get my points in early here. <laughs> so, Adelaide. Adelaide, yes. Yes. Who have you got? Will Hamill. Will Hamill, best and fairest. Because he might be related to Mark Hamill. Wouldn't that be something? Anyway, wow. keep gets, going. Gets out his lifesaver. Yeah, <laughs> just, love it. I've got either Ben Keyes or Riley O'Brien. I think those guys have had great seasons. No. Ben Keyes is a bit of a defensive midfielder. Riley O'Brien, really, really good in the ruck, despite not much help around him. Brisbane. Lincoln McCarthy. Because Link- he sounds very presidential, and I'm impressed Ooh. by that. If there was a Mount Rushmore in Brisbane right now, oh. do you think he'd be on there? I'd go chisel his face in myself. It just looked dreadful. Oh, it's a Picasso. <laughs> oh, I've got three I'd probably put out there. Lockie Neal be winning it because he's probably going to win everything. But best and fairest of funny kind of beasts. And Jared Lyons been really, really good. Harris Andrews will be that All-Australian fullback. One bloke who I'll throw in there as a bit of a dark horse is Darcy Gardner. Now, best and fairests sometimes go to unlikely players you might have some superstars on the team but in terms of the team context you're looking at you know their overall contributions to the team and the structure Geelong's a good one they've had Mark Blitzarves win two despite playing on a team with Dangerfield and Ablett and Selwood and so on and so forth so throw Darcy Gardner in there as a chance Carlton Ed Kernow (gasps) we are off an accord (gasps) tell me I don't know anyone called Ed or <laughs> Edward. <laughs> just like, what about Edwin? No, I don't know an Edwin either. What about Ted? I don't know a Ted. What about Tedwood? <laughs> if I knew a Tedwood, you would know that I knew a Tedwood because yeah. I would tell you all about it. <laughs> Ed Kerner, uh, he lost really, really slimly to Patrick Cripps last year. And Cripps is having nowhere near as good a season as he did, as he did last year. And I've picked him as well. We, you know, they say about great minds. They're very, very rare. (laughs) But. I was just thinking, they're not us. (laughs) Well, that that was wrong. Hey, if my list is good. Well, that's that's a big hit for you, I think, that one. Yeah, all right. I've also got Jacob Wiedering's name down there. He'll probably make the All-Australian team. And plays a bit of an unsung role. A lot of attention from, from people this year, but not undue at all. Collingwood. Brody Grundy. I haven't got him on my list at all. I think he's down on form from last year. I've got Braden Maynard, Darcy Moore, and Taylor Adams as the big three. I'm not sure about Grundy. He hasn't been as dominant as last year, and I think he's got a bit of work to do in the back half of the year. Grundy always makes me think of Solomon Grundy. Essendon, one of your favourites. Irving Mosquito. 
Ah, what a great name. <laughs> he strikes me as someone who'd be pretty annoying. He'd be in your bedroom and you turn the lights on. <laughs> Where the fuck did Irving Mosquito go? He beat me. <laughs> Little bloodsucker. <laughs> well, considering I, I don't know if he's played a game this year. I don't know anyone from Essendon. So I've got Jordan Ridley, Andrew McGrath, and Adam Saad was really, really good early in the year. He'd probably get a bit of a lead early on. Yeah, why don't, why don't you go first here? Oh, okay. There's no. There's a little bit of copying going on? No. Oh, okay. Definitely not. So I've picked Luke Ryan, who's just really had probably the best month of football of any defender over the last four weeks. But Matt Tabiner, who is a fantastic half-forward, he's basically matching Charlie Dixon in terms of stats. He just hasn't had that standout game where he dominates. So those two would be right up there for me. You realise I can't copy you because I haven't seen your list. I thought you'd listen to what I say and then copy it. Oh, yeah, that would have been Which smart, why... but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Blake Akers. Blake Akers. So he tore because his hamstring in the first... doesn't matter, he's still on my team. Because <laughs> he sounds like Baker Aker from Daniel Tiger. And every time I hear his name, I just sort of... I didn't know... even know there was a Baker Aker in Daniel Tiger. Get out of this house. <laughs> well, looks like I've got some Netflix to watch. <laughs> Geelong. Gary Rowan. Gary Rowan, you like what he's been given. Yeah. Why is that? You know. Because he's a ginger. Rowan. Right as a... Yeah. Oh, so it's a Lord of the Rings it reference. Is. I love it. Now, anyone who reads our stuff knows that I'm a big Sam Menegola fan. Uh, he's leading our wingman rankings. Been fantastic. Cam Guthrie is probably one that flies under the radar with Geelong. Does defensive jobs, but picks up a heap of the ball. Been very consistent. And the way your favourite, Tom Hawkins, has been playing... Actually, you warmed to him this week. Oh, it's been a 180. When, well, I was going to say a 360, but then you would have been going <laughs> in the same direction. <laughs> Mrs. Mangal has not been a fan of Tom Hawkins for a long time. And then when he kind of commandeered the microphone and took over the post-match chat on the weekend, things miraculously changed. Doesn't take much to... Honestly, people who can't win me over, they've got real problems. So what did he actually say to win you over? Oh, he talked about... What was it? His sister... They talked about Gary Ablett and Oh, Gary his... Ablett, yeah, and, you know, yeah. best wishes to, yeah. to his bubba. And I think he also said someone in his family. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was, so, he know, was just super sweet. He just took it over, and it was a bit of a sweetheart moment, and uh, that's all it took. I actually, that was my fault. I let you listen to that. And yeah, then, you, you got me to listen to it. You rewinded yeah, it. You turned around on Tom Hawkins. I'll have to find something that he does to annoy you now. No, it might be too too far gone. Sorry. Gold Coast? Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, Jack Lukosius. Lukosius? Ooh, had a massive game this game just what gone. What a great name. Is that how I say it? Lukosius? Yeah, you thought his name initially was Luke Osius, remember? You're like, Luke Osius? No, what a great no, name. No. I thought I thought his name was Lukosius King. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and I completely lost it, because that would have been fantastic. Well, but... maybe if, if Jack Lukosius and Ben King have a kid <gasps> together, there could be something Lukosius King. Oh, that would be pretty great. Anyway. I've got uh, Hugh Greenwood, and we talked about Sam Collins early on. I think he's been fantastic all year as a big defender, taking on the big jobs. So hopefully he gets uh, plenty of votes. GWS? Who'd I pick? Who would I pick? At GWS? Yeah. Toby Green. Yeah, of course I picked Toby Green. I pity he's been hurt a lot because Doesn't if he had played every game, I think he would be right. But because he's been hurt and in and out of the side, he probably won't get as... N- um, he probably won't get as many votes as he needs to, to win it all. I've got Nick Haynes. Wouldn't surprise me if Josh Kelly gets up and wins it. But a big shout-out to a guy called Brent Daniels, who just seems to bob up late in games, does the right thing often, really hits the ball hard, and I reckon coaches and you know whoever gives votes in those Best and Fairest awards would really recognise his contribution. You can skip Hawthorne if you want. Luke Bruce. Luke Bruce. You know, I think he was the worst player on the ground this week. He looks so nice. He looks like he could have a nice dinner party yes. and invite you. <laughs> oh, Hawthorne. Sam Frost for me. Oh. I think he's been really good. He just has the name of a really pretty lady news reporter. Hey, Sam Frost reporting yeah. from? My favourite was when Amy Parks reported from Amy Park. That was great. That it had to be good. a stitch up by the, yeah, by the you know, news director. But it wouldn't surprise me. The last couple of weeks, Tom Mitchell's been really, really good. He's played every game. Tom Mitchell. I think. He might have missed one. But 
he's kind of rounding into some really good form now. So if Frost drops off and Mitchell plays really well, he might end up winning another best and fairest, and that probably says a lot about where Hawthorne's at. Melbourne. Christian Petrarca. Christian Petrarca is on my list as well. He's been fantastic. And you also picked Clayton Oliver. I would have picked, yeah. Did yeah. You, you sure you haven't seen my list? I know you. I think Max Gorn was probably right up there early. He's missed a couple of weeks. He's been hurt. And these guys would have uh, would have gone really close to catching him. Also, wouldn't be surprised to see Stephen May up there. He's been really good in defence for those guys most of the season. North Melbourne. The Todd. The Todd. Me too. The Todd. The Todd. <laughs> But Todd's been fantastic. There's one bloke I reckon would challenge him this year, and that's Luke McDonald, who played some stopping roles earlier in the season, has moved back to his traditional defensive roles, doing really, really well back there as well. Port of the Adelaide. Charlie Dixon. Charlie Dixon. When he's good, he's very, very good. And when he's bad, he's not that good. So so he's very up and down the games. He's good, he dominates. And then sometimes he gets pretty severely beaten in contests. So I didn't have him on my list. I had Travis Boak. I think Tom Jonas has been excellent in defense and a bloke named Carl Amon's really coming on. I think he'll poll well. Richmond. Nick Vlastuin. An astute choice. Oh, thank you. You. I like his last name. It sounds like he's apparently a little bit... Apparently it's pronounced Vlostone. 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 That's even yeah. better. Yeah, so it looks Sounds like he like lives it. in a really gloomy castle. Oh, look, it's uh, Count Vlostone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he doing? Oh, he's just draining some of their blood again. <laughs> really? He needs it. Look how pale he is. He's a redhead. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Uh, he used to have a big red beard like uh, the dude from Game of Thrones that we liked. What was his name? Oh, I know the guy. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, the one that liked Brienne. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He was a good character. We just don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> we're pretty tired, to be fair. So I reckon that someone from defence will win it. That's where he plays. And it wouldn't surprise me for Tim. I reckon their midfield's been pretty unsettled this year. Vlostowin, Grimes and Short are the three names I've got for Richmond. St Kilda, your team, your new team. Oh, look. I chose this because it's a bit of a sexy name. Oh, hello. <laughs> Jack Steele. Jack Steele. It's like a secret agent, isn't he? <laughs> it's Steele. Jack Steele. <laughs> yep, I saw guess, that name and I was like, yeah. Guess who I've winner. got on my list? Who? Guess. Oh, look, I would love to guess, but I don't know. That's Jack Steele. Because <gasps> he's got such a sexy name. <laughs> he's also got quite a sexy game. Is he Hello. actually a good player? He's having a ripping season. Oh Currently out of contract, but will be re-signed within the Do next you know, month. I know no St Kilda football club players. I actually had to look at their playing list and pick someone out what a fan what a fan of St Kilda <laughs> you're like a Melbourne supporter go number four <laughs> no I'm not I know that Melbourne has Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca and Max no, you're, Horn you're way ahead of most Melbourne supporters Ta-da. I also had Jack uh, Jack Jones Zach Jones on the list for them as well he missed I think a couple of games maybe one but has been excellent and probably the pick of their Pickups, maybe Dan Butler, but he seems to be the sort. The small forwards very, very rarely win best and fairest at clubs. So, yeah, he'd be he'd be in the mix, but probably won't win it. Sydney, <laughs> Harry Cunningham. Why? <laughs> He's got a good name. <laughs> Jeez, Harry Cunningham. Yeah. So I reckon Dane Rampy's a good name too. It is a good name. So I had yeah. him, but he's just been hurt. So. I'd say by the end of round 12, he's leading their best and fairest, but then obviously he's gone for the season and... Harry Cunningham can just slide right in there. Yeah, look, it's probably looking like a fellow defender. Jake Lloyd, been really, really good for them. Luke Parker has been excellent. Uh, not excellent, but has been very good for them all year as well, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets up. And James Rowbottom, they call him Paddlebum. Paddlebum. So if he... <gasps> He continues his good form. He does some defensive work in the midfield as well as collects his own footy now. Very, very good in points this year as well. West Coast. Nick Nat. Another astute pick. You know why? Because that Cause time he really threw well. that guy into a fence because he tugged at his hair. I was just like, yes, belt him. That belt was last him. year. I loved it. Yeah, so you should get carryover points. He gets carryover points for the next decade for that. He's on my list. I haven't seen a more influential player in the league this year. So... 
he plays in, he plays about 70% of game time at the moment, which is still really low. But when he plays, he has the ability, ability to move a whole pack just with sheer will. So uh, I've been ultra impressed with him. I also really like Brad Shepard's here. I think he's probably leading at the moment. Dom Sheed, really good. And Elliot Yo has been really good as well. One more team to go. Team Bull- Taco. Team Taco, the Bulldogs. The Bond. That's it? That's it. You just like the Bond to win it. Oh, look. I'm, I'm always, you know, pretty impressed about how he just... His He's won three just... already. What? He's won three best and fairest at the Bulldogs, so it's a bit of a track record there. He looks like he gets up in the morning and just leaves the house without even thinking about what his hair looks like. Yeah, or... he heads down to the cafe and orders a soy latte. <sighs> I've got that on good authority. Really? Yeah. Right up your alley, the old soy latte. I'm more of an almond milk girl. Yeah. Yeah. I just drink normal people's milk. <laughs> people's milk. Right from the source. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I actually think Caleb Daniel would be polling really, really well in their best and fairest at the moment. Uh, he'd have some stiff competition from Jack McRae and Bailey Williams. I'd love to see Caleb Daniel get up. Me It'd too. Be an absolute belter if he got up and won it. One for the little guys. One for the good guys. One for the helmet wearers. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, one for the, <laughs> one for the height challenged. Come on, give me a few things. No, I'm shorter than him. One for the people who are shorter than him. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got three day break, and we'll be back after the next round. After yeah. round thirteen, so it ends on a Monday. Yep. So, uh, depending on when we can get babysitting, or we can knock our daughter out, legally and within the With realms love. of good parenting. <laughs> I'll just put this hammer away. <laughs> <laughs> and what's on this handkerchief, child? <laughs> Smell it. <laughs> out she goes. How'd that like, happen? Yeah, okay, I'll show you what to do. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's happened again. It'll just be Mrs. Mungrel's podcast that yeah, week. There you go. And uh, watch it triple in audience. <laughs> we'll leave it there, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in about a week. Bye.